0: Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. John, I think we have a very interesting show again lined up for today. Um, very timely information. You know, we're going to start off talking about the 10 things that savvy people do differently that make them successful.
1: Yes, we've we've probably hinted around these over the years, but we're pulling it together in one list.
0: That's a good list, right off of Dave Ramsey's. Actually, yeah, it's yeah.
1: Ramsey, and, and it's some of the things that we do talk about. But I tell you, you know, when we sit down with our, our clients, this is what we um, work towards in a lot of cases, trying to get them to do and, and make these good decisions and kind of coach them along the way. So you want to stick around for that. That's going to be a good, good topic.
0: Yeah, this is a great list. And then there's another item we're going to talk about that's more timely and that is Bitcoin. We're going to give the lowdown on Bitcoin. You know, I mean, I've had lots of questions here recently. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but mm-hmm. Bitcoin has exploded this year in value. It's up it like is. up like 500%, mm-hmm. five-fold, you know, from the beginning of the year. Um, so I'm getting some questions about, gee, is this something we should be dabbling into? Should we put a little bit of money in that? Should we be playing with this? How do you buy it? That kind of thing. So... We're going to talk about cyber currencies in general today and, and Bitcoin being the biggest one.
1: How about the Whopper coin?
0: That's an interesting <laughs> one, isn't it? That would be a fun one to talk about. Yeah, that's in here too. <laughs> so That's yeah, funny. Great topic. We'll be digging into that. But we're going to start off here. Um, well, before we jump into that, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart SmartVestor Pro with over 20 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice.
1: And I'm John Travis. I'm also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years.
0: We are excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon right off our website.
1: Yeah, the website is moneymd.net. And we do have the podcast, we have a link to our podcast host. And we have videos of various topics out there. Um, we have a retirement calculator, right? It's pretty uh, yeah, pretty it's slick. Pretty slick. It builds you inflation great, in. Yep. Great
0: picture of retirement. Kind yeah. of a nice snapshot.
1: And we also have a Facebook page. If you haven't checked that out, um, go check that out. We have a lot of good videos. There was one of Josh a couple of weeks ago, which is fantastic, talking about the match. Yeah, hilarious. It's getting it, that free money. Free money, that's right. So oh, check check that Facebook
0: Definitely. Check that out. Yeah. And you can link to us and ask us your questions as well. We'd love to hear from you. You can link to us right off the website at moneymd.net, or you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll talk about those questions sometimes right here on the show. But we're going to start off with the financial fact of the week.
1: Yeah, this comes from the Pension Partners um, Company and um, the broad market uh, benchmark, Steve, the S&P 500 Index listen to this, it has not experienced a decline of at least 3% since the election of wow. last year.
0: That's like another, that's like a world mm-hmm. record, isn't it?
1: It is, 242-day uh, period um, without a single session drop of that 3%. It breaks the previous record that stretched from uh, 1995 um, and, um, to 1996, so over those two two years, but amazing the volatility has just disappeared it's
0: a very interesting fact people forget what volatility looks like but you know it's usually pretty normal every month or so you have one day that's down three or four or five percent even a big drop somewhere in there um but we've had none of that it's been amazing the market has been absolutely kind of flat you know nowadays people think it's a big deal if the markets down 100 if the dow's down 100 points i know that 's nothing
1: it is it 's not with the uh, the size of the, um, uh, the, the 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 market right now, but if you remember um, two thousand and fourteen and two thousand and fifteen tough tough stretch in the markets, the markets kind of bounced between seventeen and eighteen thousand for the Dow yeah had a lot of volatility and um, it 's interesting that we have uh, President Trump in there who is um he's definitely polarizing, right? And no the market doubt. has minimal vol- volatility. It's it's interesting. No one would have no one predicted that. No Nobody one
0: predicted that. Right. And we've had this sanguine period in the market where it's just been nice and steady and, you know, maybe a one or two percent up or down, but nothing three percent or more.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of two thousand thirteen. It was just kind of steady up, 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 and that's the way it's been so far. We'll see how yeah. it ends.
0: Yeah, maybe it'll continue on. Let's hope so. Great fact of the week. Okay. And that leads up here to our first topic. And that is uh, the 10 things retirement savvy people do differently. Yeah. You want to hear these
1: things. Yeah. This is from uh, Dave Ramsey. And, um, you know, uh, there are people that are retiring with a healthy nest egg. I mean, do you want to know how they did it? And that's what we're going to jump into is how they did it. And, you know, first of all, they're, they're probably not financial wizards. They don't have a secret formula. Um, They don't watch the stock market every minute of every day or or maintain a complex portfolio. It's really on the contrary. Retirement-ready people usually are just average, hardworking folks who've made consistent contributions to their savings plans over the years. Um, They're responsible spenders. They're intentional savers. And uh, many of them have used the help of a, a qualified professional along the way to help them guide them and make good decisions. So what is your um, what does that look like in everyday life? I and mean, what are some of the secrets to saving for retirement successfully? So we're going to look at that right now. We're going to look at some real-life habits and some characteristics of people who are winning with their retirement. And this is stuff that you're listening out there. You can do this. You can teach your kids, your grandkids. This is stuff that we we can all do.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And And what they do is they use their biggest wealth-building tool, number one here, Um, To their financial advantage, smart investors, they take advantage of their biggest wealth building tool, and that is their income, no matter how large or how small their household income is, every dollar has a purpose and they understand that, you know, they're living for the future and they use their income very wisely.
1: Yeah, I like that one um, a lot, and it's kind of tied in with a, a budget a little bit. But and it goes into the next one. They watch small expenses. I mean, they stick to their monthly um, budgets. People that win with money, they're conscious on how much they spend on groceries and, and, and dinners out and new clothes. If they run out of coffee money before payday, they drive past a coffee shop. They avoid overspending, even if it's just a couple of bucks. Um, they know the small everyday choices make the biggest difference in the long run. So they're, they're, I think the key word there, Steve, is they're conscious. They're thinking about it and ways to save money and be smart with it. So another one here is they invest 15% of their household income. You know, after they stash away $1,000 for emergency and they save three to six months of expenses, smart investors allocate 15% of their household income to retirement. Uh, by investing 15% of their income, they're able to make real progress towards you know, a great retirement while still working towards some of their other goals, like maybe uh, kids college or maybe paying off their mortgage as well. But we've said this before, people that are saving 15% usually turns out pretty good from a retirement standpoint, if if you're diversified pretty well with that. But 15% is a good number.
0: That's right. That's right. The next one here has to do with their investments. They don't fun hop, you know, informed savers, they don't play checkers with their investments. They don't jump from one investment to another in reaction or anticipation of some kind of stock market change or some market change. They understand that mutual funds with a solid history of growth, you know, and diversification are historically a great investment choice to stick with for the long haul. So they stick to a well-diversified portfolio and they don't they don't make impulse changes.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. That's interesting. Uh, another one here, Steve, is they meet with um, regularly with an investing professional. Um, you know, wise investors know that a qualified professional is, is worth their weight in gold, according to to Ramsey. In fact, Ramsey Research uh, report revealed that those who work with um, a pro are more likely to have a six figure nest egg. 44 percent of investors who use a professional have a hundred thousand or more safer for retirement versus just 9% of those who go it alone. So, um, you know, certainly for some people, um, you know, they need to have investing professionals. Most people, quite frankly, there are some people that can do it alone, right? They can do their own investing, sure. um, follow some of these, you know, processes and concepts here. But uh, for a lot of people working with an investment professional is a good, is a good solution. Uh, another one here on the list, Steve, is they have a plan and they update it as needed. People who are good with investing, and with money, they know where their money is going and how much it's growing. They keep tabs on their investments through an annual checkup with their investing professional. They also um, you know, meet with someone after big life changes, like a new baby, maybe a job transition, or maybe they're moving somewhere and they need some additional advice. So it's one of the things I know we, we spend a lot of time with people on is when they have family changes and um, you know, maybe they're moving jobs and we can sit down with them and kind of give them some insight on some things they should do and some things they shouldn't do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. next one here is if they're married, they work as a team. You know, couples who are winning with investments, they're on the same page when it comes with their money. They work as a team, they win as a team, deciding together on, you know, how to use their money, their goals, and, you know, how they're going to reach them. Many successful financial, many financially successful couples They aren't just focused on getting ahead. They're also fueled by a mutual desire to be generous, but they have a plan with their money and they're on the same page with what that plan is.
1: Yeah. uh, Retirement savvy people don't borrow from their 401ks. I mean, this is a biggie. So if you borrow from your 401k, it may seem like a great way to come up with cash for an unexpected expense, but what we see is successful long-term investors. They know that a 401k loan comes with risk um, like potential taxes and penalties if you can't repay it and even worse you're losing the long-term compound growth on that money um, that could add up to thousands you know there's some other data that shows you're you're having to pay that interest back with after-tax money so there's a lot of negative things um, for pulling money out of your 401k you put it in there you want to leave it alone and we see that people that are successful with the retirement they've generally done that
0: yeah that's right another one here is they consider long-term care insurance Um, They have a plan for long-term care expenses. You know, investors with a healthy nest egg, they understand the importance of of having a plan for long-term care. Um, A long-term illness could cost a family hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical expenses, especially if the care requires a lengthy stay in an assisted living or skilled nursing facility. So long-term care insurance, you know, will help cover those expenses. So if you don't end up spending your Retirement savings um, for long-term care, you know, it's going to make a big difference. You need to have a plan for long-term care.
1: Yeah, and finally on the list, Steve, is retirement-savvy folks. They live below their means. I mean, um, you know, they they make sure they understand where their money is going. They, they buy modest houses. They pay cash for vehicles and vacation. Uh, that leaves them enough money to stash away for retirement, that 15% that we talked about. They don't need the latest and greatest gadgets because um, they really don't care about keeping up with the Joneses. They're content with what they have. They have their priorities, and they're they're winning with money. They're 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 focusing on it. Um, they just have good old determination, some financial discipline, and a lot of times they have wise direction from a professional. So they understand that retiring well doesn't have to be complicated, and that is that's really true. I think Dave's done a great job over the years of you know, taking very complex situations and information and boiling it down to something that is easily understood by by the masses. And he's, exactly. he's right on with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great list. It really is. So that's a, a great list to, to consider when you're planning for your future. And that leads us up here to our question of the week.
1: Yes, we're approaching year end, and um, so we we are not CPAs, Steve. Right? You're not a CPA, no, right? No, no, not a CPA. Josh is. Josh is. Josh yeah. is CPA. Another
0: so member huh. of the team here.
1: Yeah. So uh, what we're recommending here is maybe you uh, you know sit down with your CPA and put a phone call into them. Think about your 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 tax situation. There's some year end moves that can be done. Appreciated stock um, to charities. Maybe some tax lost harvesting if you have an investment that hasn't done well something to manage your tax bill this year and, and working with your CPA uh, good start. You can certainly include your advisor in that conversation. They can certainly provide some input as well, but this is a good time to kind of dust that off. You got about two months to make some, some, uh, some changes if you need to, but that's the prescription of the week.
0: Yeah, that's good. You're right. We did that a little early, didn't we?
1: I I, I really liked it. That's why <laughs>
0: I guess you did. Is that okay? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you need to fund your HSA accounts, <laughs> Fun, you're fully fund your 401k account. You need to do some things to prepare for uh, uh, for taxes. You Far know, Uncle you're in, in kind of the home stretch here. So great prescription of the week.
1: Well, so we'll do the question at the end? We'll
0: do that at the end. All right, that's, that's right. a good one too. That's right, absolutely. So you want to stay <laughs> tuned for that? But we're going to go here to the lowdown on the Bitcoin um, and other cryptocurrencies, as they're called. Yeah, this is article out of Business Insider. Um, here recently, you know, but if you're like me and you're trying to kind of wrap your head around these cyber currencies like Bitcoin and all the other offerings that are out there um, with cryptocurrencies, as they're called, you're certainly not alone. There's a lot of us that are a little bit uh, baffled by, you know, the the rise of the Bitcoin and, and, and the other ones that are out there that most people don't even know exist. Uh, It takes a little imagination, you know, at least for me, John, to understand how people can trust real money to digital currencies that are created out of thin air with nothing and there's no government backing or approval. Um, But apparently a lot of people are doing it because there's a lot of them out there, you know, so we're going to jump into this. I mean, while the debate rages around whether major cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum are in a bubble. That's a new one that most people haven't, haven't heard heard of, heard right? That. Yeah, that's the second largest cryptocurrency out there. So it's pretty big, too. You know, but there are new cryptocurrencies that are being created almost every day, believe it or not. You know, meanwhile, Bitcoin has exploded this year in value. It's rocketed up fivefold fold from over, uh, around $1,000 per coin to over fifty five hundred dollars per coin, even touch six thousand dollars per coin. Can you imagine
1: on. writing a check for fifty five hundred for this? For for
0: yeah. a cryptocurrency, I have one coin out there in you know, my count. I mean, come on. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, but I had a client call me just just last week asking that very question of hey, you know, I want to buy some 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 Bitcoins. I said, well, you know, make sure you, you don't invest money you can't afford to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I mean, the volatility alone, I mean, hurts the validity of the currency to be used in actual commercial transactions. Think about something that's, you know, gone up 500% or more this year. I mean, what does that say about next year? It could go down mm-hmm. that same amount. So uh, it's kind of hard to imagine doing much in terms of, actual transactions using that type of currency because it's going to change so rapidly you don't know what it's going to cost from day to day. On the other hand, you know, one could argue that the crypto, cryptocurrency craze reached its comical zenith last month when Burger King in Russia, they launched the Whopper coin. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Go get yeah. one of those. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, the coin can be attained via the purchase of Whoppers at the Russian Burger King restaurant's Although it's been described as kind of a glorified loyalty point program, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, while that that may be the case, I mean, the introduction of new digital currencies continues to proliferate. You know, the sharp rise this year is primarily due to the widespread use of Ethereum blockchain, which is provides kind of a similar coding. To the platform uh, that Bitcoin is used for launching these new digital currencies, so they're kind of evolving these these uh, the the uh, coding mm-hmm. um, the software you know behind the algorithms behind these cryptocurrencies, and that's kind of facilitated a whole bunch of these new currencies that have come about, right?
1: Yeah, at this time, um, you know, there are 930. 930- and thirty nine different cryptocurrencies with circulation of digital coins and supply. Um, I wonder if uh, the whopper coins in there <laughs> i
0: don 't think that one counts
1: <laughs> the The market cap figure is typically shown in u s dollars, but for each new digital currency it 's not actually purchased typically by dollars. instead, trading is usually driven by transfer of funds from other cryptocurrencies also known known as coin swap. And the, the market capitalization is about $195 billion. That is really minuscule when you compare it to other major currencies, but it certainly gains some significance uh, compared to other smaller currencies. I mean, we're doing a podcast show on it, so right. it's definitely out there on investors' minds now.
0: Oh, I mean, I signed up my first client uh, earlier this week, in fact, that actually owns Bitcoins. Ah. Do you have any clients that own Bitcoins? No, not that yeah, I know of. Yeah, this guy had $7,000 in Bitcoins. So. Did he show you? No, well, you can't show you. It's an account, you know, (laughs) it's in paper. It's created out of thin air, remember? Yeah, right. Yeah, obviously it's gone way up this year. So uh, there you go. I mean, you know, it's becoming more mainstream than you think. But uh, yeah, Julian Hosp is the co-founder of cryptocurrency platform 10X, um, which also has their own digital coin of their own. Um, But they told Business Insider that, you know, there are significant doubts around the legal framework for new currencies, you know, if you accept fiat cash for your currency, <clears throat> you know, which is fiat cash would be real cash. That's, you know, U.S. dollars or some other dollar that's backed by a government. um, Then you're probably going to get into big trouble, they say. You know, you should only be accepting other cryptocurrencies and do a coin swap, he says. You know, they give talks. They give presentations, workshops on the proper standards from a legal and marketing perspective. You know, one of the key things, they say, is never accept fiat dollars, fiat money like dollars or euros. Um, accepting fiat currency, uh, you know, during an initial offering of cryptocurrencies could easily be seen as selling a marketable security. So compared to accepting, you know, digital currencies, it's a very different from a legal perspective is what he says. So, in effect, you know, for each new digital currency out there, you know, the coin's value is driven higher um, by the transfer of bigger cryptocurrencies, um, namely Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are the two largest. However, the value of an established cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin is still expressed in U.S. dollars and presumably at least some Bitcoin's current values derived from its capacity to be converted back into U.S. dollars you know, and given right now that it has very limited use as a means of exchange for for actual goods and services, um, I think that's the real driver of the value. So, in other words, you know, few, very few outlets around the world accept digital currencies to pay for goods and services.
1: So is this kind of like the Cabbage Patch doll that was on a craze and you buy it and then at some point everybody loses interest and it goes yeah, to zero? Yeah, or
0: Pokemon cards. <clears throat> yeah, something similar to that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: right. I mean, advocates for, for digital currency argue um, that's going to change. Uh, the broader use of cryptocurrency in day-to-day transactions will certainly require buildup of trust from consumers. So that raises questions around what the U.S. dollar-based market cap of each new um, digital currency actually represents, given that there's a you know, lack of legal and regulatory framework for accepting fiat currency. Um, this gentleman said he, he's very be- uh, bearish on digital currencies very wary and cautious because he thinks uh, at the moment they are misused and it can be very dangerous. It's interesting that he's bearish on it considering he has
0: yeah, he's got their own the 10x they've created yeah. one and they've created a platform for him. so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, regulatory developments for cryptocurrencies are still, you know, in the early stages and so far regulatory measures seem to be focused on Bitcoin, um, not the hundreds of other digital currencies out there. Earlier this year, the US Securities Exchange Commission rejected an application for a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund, an ETF. Hmm. Um, But interestingly, the SEC said that it would leave the door open for approving an ETF if there was a regulated market for trading futures. And then now the U.S. Commodities Future Trading Commission, the CFTC, uh, which in late July ruled in favor Of the first regulated exchange and clearinghouse for trading futures contracts between Bitcoin and U.S. dollars. So interesting developments there, you know. Um,
1: Makes it more money, that's why. (laughs) I guess it's,
0: it's all around the money, I guess so. I mean, last week, major global banks announced a partnership to develop their own digital coin using blockchain with the aim of speeding transactions and settlement times. The project will be cleared, <clears throat> will be carried out in conjunction with lawmakers and regulators with the first rollout not scheduled for more than a year.
1: Yeah, I mean, for now, experienced financial analyst, um, such as this gentleman from uh, statewide super, uh, what is that, Supernuition.
0: I guess, yeah. He
1: basically says, he thinks the cryptocurrencies are more like a bubble. Um, uh, he said it certainly has characteristics of past bubbles, kind of like if you remember the dot-com era. I mean, you know, everything that came up that was um, new te- new technology, they went up, you know, uh, tenfold because they were right. They were new, right? They were exciting, and cryptocurrency started around the idea that you can move payments around quickly. But now, it all it seems like is. Uh, It's become a plaything built around speculation, and he says it looks like the tulip mania, of the 1600s, all over again. So, I've heard of that. I'm not real familiar with the tulip mania. Tulip mania? You
0: never studied that? Yeah, that was a that was a big thing back in the 1637, I think it was, uh, in uh, uh, Germany. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tulip mania. Yeah. So, uh, but that's one way to describe, you know, the explosion of the new offerings in digital currency. Space out there. Yeah, as, as new regulatory measures are introduced and the market continues to mature, time will tell whether or not digital coin will be able to maintain their current market capitalization and mature into a valid currency. However, I mean, you can bet that won't happen until governments succumb to pressure from people to legislate widespread acceptance of these alternative currencies. As long as the U.S. government treats transactions in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, As an asset exchange requiring capital gains taxes to be paid on each transaction, then it can never mature into a mainstream accepted currency. Unfortunately, without favorable tax treatment, it will be difficult for cryptocurrencies to ever be more than a speculative yet kind of trendy alternative investment for, you know, the millennial generation out there, um, subject to some massive price swings as a result.
1: So, here, hear you're you saying you probably shouldn't buy it.
0: Uh, yeah, I think the kind of net result is you know, it's interesting, um, something to look at. But yeah, you don't want to be putting any money, significant money for sure, into
1: very speculative cryptocurrencies,
0: cor- right? Bitcoin, other things. So, um, very speculative. Anything that goes up 500% in one year can certainly reverse that course.
1: But you're okay with whopper coins.
0: You know, Whopper coins. That that's, would be fun. I yeah, like that. I think you could buy more Whoppers with
1: that. But that's in Russia. We don't. We're not going to Russia. Well, so. maybe
0: they'll start it here. I'd like to have some Whopper coins. But yeah, that's more like a loyalty program. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of on their page when it comes to describing that. <laughs>
1: All right, enough of that. Let's have the question of the week. So uh, yeah, we kind of got this in reverse order. So I got so excited about the tax thing. You did. So the question is, is um, you know, a lot of four hundred and one k. Steve have a Roth component, which is after tax money. So the question is, is should I save all in my Roth 401k or should I use some before tax? Uh, It really depends on the situation. I mean, if you're um, young and your income is low, I think putting it all in Roth is is fine. But you know, if you, once you get up into the 25, 28% tax bracket, um, having some money in a before-tax bucket is not a bad strategy, so maybe splitting it would be a reasonable. um, Putting everything in a Roth uh, certainly is going to benefit you long-term, but it may make you save less today because you're having to, you know, you're not getting a tax break.
0: Can I give my opinion? Please. Yeah, let me give my opinion. I think, um, yeah, I— I think you should put as much in a Roth 401k as you can bear.
1: As you can afford. That's a good... Exactly.
0: Because, I mean, uh, it forces you to save a little bit more because it is after-tax money, you know, so you're not going to save less because if the money's going in, you're paying the tax out of your pocket. And I think taxes are only going to get higher eventually, okay, with $19 trillion of debt and growing... I think it's a great strategy to put all of it you can in there. Your match is not going to go in a Roth. That's right. Match will be before. Match is going to go before anyway. So you might as well put all of yours in a Roth if you can afford it. If you can do without the tax deduction today, by all means, go for it.
1: And I think that comes back to to doing some budgeting. Um, You know, a lot of times people will have a new Roth option that's added and they're like, well, you know, I'm putting in, you know, $20,000 or, you know, $15,000 into the, the 401k. And if I, if I go all, you know, into the into the Roth, and you do lose that tax deduction, and and their budget basically goes sure, you know, hurts blows their it. budget. So I like the way you think about it. If you can afford it, it is a good it is a good option. But you got to you got to go through the budget process. Yeah,
0: I think it'll benefit you long term though when it's all said and done. So, I would I would pay the tax now if you can. <clears throat> so. Great topic. All right, and that leads us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Do tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net, and email us your questions at info@moneymd.net, or give us a call at Richard and Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. And have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartBuster Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available
1: by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.